Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Tucker Milling. Join Andy Schneider, national spokesperson for the USDA APHIS Avian Health Program, editor-in-chief of Chicken Whisperer magazine, and author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, Chicken Factor Chicken Poop, and Zero Waste Chicken Keeping, as he welcomes top poultry veterinarians, poultry scientists, and poultry nutritionists to discuss the hot topics in the poultry world today and provide science-based, fact-based, study-based information to help you raise the healthiest poultry possible. And now, here's your host, Andy Schneider. All righty, thank you very much for tuning in today to another great episode of Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by our good friends over at Tucker Milling Feeds. In fact, I'm going to be over there next week. In fact, a week from today, I will be over there in Guntersville, Alabama, visiting the good folks over at Tucker Milling, and uh, maybe I'll get another tour, quick tour of their manufacturing facility over there and post some more pictures like I did last time I was there. I was there about a year ago uh, when we were working up our contract for sponsorship. They are a premier sponsor of the Chicken Whisperer, and uh, it's been fantastic. Um, They are actually the only premier sponsor I've had in 12 years of doing this full-time, I believe that I reached out to them. I know they're the only feed sponsor, where I personally saw the results of their feed here on the homestead. Um, It's a very interesting story. I did a a video on it over on my Chicken Whisperer page um, about how they came to be the premier sponsor for uh, Chicken Whisperer and our, our feed supplier here at our homestead. But I'll be out there visiting them next Thursday. I don't know if I have a chance to broadcast live on location, um, but we'll see. I think I'm just going to drive over and drive back the same day versus um, spending the night over there. There, There's some fantastic restaurants in the area. Maybe we can have a, a... a lunch meeting over there. They got some really good seafood restaurants over there in Guntersville, Alabama. So we will, um, we'll see what happens. So I'll be out there, uh, next week, but thank you very much for tuning in. So things that have been uh, going on, um, the deadline has come and passed for all the contributors to chicken whisper magazine for the spring issue. And that should be coming out here in the next two weeks, whether you subscribe to the digital edition or the print edition. Uh, and you can go and do both of those at chickenwhisperermagazine.com. But we got some great articles coming up in the spring issue, so we hope you'll take advantage of that. Uh, this is our third podcast of the month. We do try to do, uh, try to do uh, one podcast every week. 
every now and then we'll miss a week based on our special guest schedules or my schedule or just technical issues or whatever. But um, we are rolling for 2021 and we're really excited for what this year has to offer. I also want to say I talked to American Wood Fibers. A lot of you are following this because you're so excited to uh, also try uh, the odor control shavings that they've been working on now for over two years to try to perfect them. It's a long and drawn out process, I guarantee you, and uh, we've seen the success here, and we are looking forward to that product becoming uh, readily available uh, in the retail market. So I heard from them last week, and it looks like it's been pushed out till maybe June. They were hoping for a February uh, release this month. I didn't get into the details of why, whether it be marketing or distribution or what, what it may be, but now we're looking at June uh, for those odor control shavings to be released. Now, if you, a lot of you are already familiar with the American Wood Fibers AWF um, uh, shavings because you see them all over the place. They're the ones you see and find in Walmart, both the cedar shavings and the pine shavings. Uh, even places like Ingalls has them. It was crazy. I was sitting in line one day, turned around, and there was a whole stack of the large bales of cedar shavings at Ingalls of all places. Um, so yeah, you'll have to wait a little bit longer for those odor control shavings to actually come out um, and, and start purchasing those because I know a lot of you are waiting for those because y'all y'all seen our reports here from them. And then last but not least, it was very interesting. It was earlier in the week I had posted about the uh, the grubettes, and I had posted a link over to Amazon, and somebody on my Facebook page posted that it'd be nice if they were available but um, and, and had a, a screenshot. I don't know if she was from Canada and was using Canada on Amazon. I know I've seen some differences there. She may have been here in the good old USA. I don't know. Um, but when I saw her post, I immediately clicked on the link that I shared, plus went to Amazon on my own, on my phone, not using the link that I had posted. And they were readily available. And, you know, shipping was pretty darn quick, especially if you're prime. And so uh, I don't know what was going on there. But I just visited again before the show. I just went to Amazon.com and typed in Grubets, G-R-U-B-B-E-T-S, um, black soldier fly larvae and there they are a, a two pound bag for fifteen ninety nine. now it's interesting i don't know how amazon works or how they work with the uh, supplier um, but the post i did post earlier they were sixteen ninety nine because they were normally fifteen ninety nine. and when i went to look they had gone up to sixteen ninety nine, <laughs> and now they're back to fifteen ninety nine. nonetheless fifteen ninety nine, sixteen ninety nine, half the cost of the competitor brand of USA sourced black soldier fly larva. So I wanted to let everybody know y'all may um, be buying that other expensive brand. And let me tell you, you've been getting ripped off because these grubettes are USA sourced oven dried black soldier fly larvae sourced out in California with uh, grocery store food waste. And uh, you can read all about the company USA sourced and $15.99 for a two pound bag. I'm looking at it right here, right on my screen. Now, if I go to the competitor website and I go over here and I click um, two pound bag, it's 28, it's $29. It's $28.99. So that's almost half off um, for, again, USA source black soldier fly larvae. Um, and you can, you can continue to throw your money away and get ripped off at buying two pounds for $29.00. Or you can head over to Amazon and get the Grubettes two pounds 
for $16, $15.99. So it's about 50% off, half off. If you want to throw your money away, go right ahead. But uh, I'm always, I'm really posting that because, hey, you can save some scratch, and I hate to see you throw away all that money uh, for uh, for something that's just outrageously priced. So I wanted to get that to you. Let me go ahead and X these out because I wanted to share that with you and make sure I was giving you the right information about the Grubette. So go check them out on uh, Amazon. Here we go. Let me get back over here to my studio. There we go. Um, we have a really <laughs> great show lined up for you today, and um, I'm going to kick it off with a little story. I shared this story on a Facebook video, a Facebook Live video, uh, last week or the week before, and uh, I wanted, I thought it would be a fantastic way to segue into a, a show uh, with uh, poultry scientist Dr. McCray. So I've titled this Egg Production and Nutrition, and, re and really it's um, Dr. McCray will discuss the importance of proper nutrition in regards to egg production. So I'm going to kick this off, and, and if you all saw the video, then there will be a little bit of repeat. If not, then you'll probably find this as entertaining as I still do. Um, so you may hear me laugh out loud or snicker a little bit. So I guess it, now it's been about a month, and you, if you've had chickens for any length of time, any length of time, you know that if their feeders all of a sudden become empty for whatever reason, even if it's just empty for 10 minutes – all of a sudden, for some reason, the psyche of these hens think that, oh, my gosh, my feeder is empty. I'm about to starve to death, even though they've had continual food 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the last three years. <laughs> that feeder goes empty for just 20 minutes, and lo and behold, the world is ending, and they start panicking, and they start following you all over the pasture, all over the homestead, all over the farm. They're under your feet. They're going, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me, and you're like – Guys, what you've been out for maybe twenty minutes, and uh, you know, so we we do we we feed we have feed available tires. And we have one hundred and fifty Bovins brown layers, and we've got one happy rooster, and because um, we're not in it for you know the uh, incubation or anything like that, we just we just happen to have one one rooster for one hundred and fifty hens. That's the way it is because we don't you know we wouldn't even have him. I wouldn't really care if if you know we didn't have him, but it is what it is. So um, you, you gotta you end up having 150 hens chase you around on the golf cart, and you're trying to feed the hogs or or the goats or something, and they're just getting annoying under your feet and all get it just you know we've kept chickens for for years and years, decades, and um, it just always happens if, if you know once a year, twice a year, maybe their food goes empty the morning that you're supposed to go out and feed them on the schedule, and they're just like. I'm starving to death. I'm starving to death. You've been out of food for 20 minutes. I don't care. I'm starving to death. You got to feed me. You got to feed me. So it gets, gets annoying. So this happened about a month ago, I guess it was, and they were aggravating, getting under my feet, following me on the golf cart, all 150 of them. I should have YouTubed that. And I was like, okay, guys, that's it. I'm tired of it. 15 years, you know, I'm, I'm tired. You do this every time. I'm done. The gravy train stops here. I'm done. No feed. Get over it. You have 13 acres to go and free range, scratch for bugs, scratch for weeds, eat some plants, whatever you want to do, free range chickens. Get out there and find your own food because the gravy train stops here right now, today. I'm done with you. <laughs> so guess what? They didn't get any of the Tucker Millen feed that day. And guess what? The next day, no Tucker Milling feed. Okay, plenty of water. Always keeping water available, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And then they have 13 acres because they always hear on these blogs, I just let mine free range. I don't need any of that nutritionally balanced feed. Mine free range, they get bugs. That's their natural diet. 
So, hey, you know, there you go. Go do what you do as a chicken and go scratch for your feed. Day three rolls it down, rolls around. No tucker milling feed. Didn't fill up the feeders. Still empty. And about day three, they stopped bothering me. They didn't be chasing me on the golf cart. They weren't coming over and getting under my feet and bothering me. I guess they figured after three days, they learned that Mr. Old Chicken Whisperer was done. The gravy train stops here. And then the revenge takes place. I go out there on that third day. Maybe it was the fourth day after three full days of them not having any of the Tucker milling 16% layer pellets, nutritionally balanced feed. And I go to collect eggs, and I've got about 11 out there <laughs> from 150 ends. Now, mind you, let me, get, let me kind of paint the story. Mind you, we have about 150 laying hens. It is winter. The days are short. They have continual feed and water. Um, I didn't have a really considerable molt this year. I had a few, very few. Um, and we're getting about six to seven dozen a day right now from the hinderhead. So they may all be laying. They're just laying every other day. Or we have half of them laying every day. And we'll get into that with Dr. McCray and her expertise here in a minute. Because we understand about the 14 to 16 hours of light in order to produce that egg for that hen. And if that's two days accumulative, if that's how it works, then, then yeah, it makes sense. Hey, most of my hens are laying. They're just laying every other day due to the light issue. But we had 12 eggs. And I went out the next day, and I had two eggs. And they're looking at me like, ha, ha, ha. You may have won the battle, but we're going to win the war. So I said, okay, I see what you're doing. And, and my, my, my brain, my process of thinking here, even, even before this, and as long as I've been doing this, as, as many of the books as Dr. McCray and I have written, and as, as, as many times as we have experts on the show, poultry veterinarians, poultry nutritionists, poultry scientists, you know, in my mind, I'm playing this out going, okay, they, when we did the necropsy at Cooptastic last year, and you open up a hen and you see all these eggs inside of her in, in, in different developments, from eggs that are as small as, as a tiny little, you know, you, probably you can't even see it with the naked eye, all the way up to an egg that's about to have the shell put on. And you see, there's like, okay, you can visually see, uh, you know, what, a week's worth of eggs there getting ready to, to or have started to form, and each of them are getting. So I'm thinking in my mind, and many of y'all remember that picture. I'm thinking, okay, so if I don't, if I do this, I, I'm gonna, I, yes, I expect some consequences here. But with 150 hens, I'll have still plenty of eggs for my family. There's only four of us, right? And even some of my customers as well. So I'm thinking, hey, I've got at least a couple of weeks before they start slowing down because I see, you know, at least a week's worth of eggs when we did the necropsy in there, or yolks anyway, getting ready to be formed. So I'm thinking, you know, it'll probably be a week or so before I start seeing the effects of this, this, uh, um, uh, no food regimen that we're doing. They're free ranging. They're eating worms and bugs and flowers and seeds and grasses, like everybody says on the forums. Oh, man, free range. I don't need to feed nutritionally balanced feed. <laughs> and so I said, okay, guys, I, I see, I see where you're coming from. I think that uh, I think you won this one. You won this one. <laughs> so I started going back to the same regimen, filling their feeders up. I have two feeders, they're 50-pound bags each, each hold a whole bag. And about every other day, sometimes I can get away to the third, the morning of the third day, they get filled up, two bags of Tucker Milling feed. And within about a week, within about seven days, they got back to normal. And I haven't told Dr. McCray this yet, but actually now, it's been about 10 days after the fact, 
and I'm actually now have increased my egg volume versus before I withheld the feed. Um, I did not have any go into a molt, thank goodness. And I, the, the, the time I did once or twice, I talked to Dr. McRae about that. She says, yeah, you're lucky if they don't go into a big, heavy molt right now, and you don't get nothing for a long time. So um, I didn't notice any type of molting from any of the 150. I look real close. Um, and now I'm actually uh, getting about a dozen more eggs now than I was before. And now I've noticed, none of this is scientific. This is just observation, okay? Um, uh, I'm actually, the eggs are, are bigger now. So we're, we're, I'm about to bring on Dr. McRae. You've, you've kind of got the story behind this from no feed for three days, and, the, and there's 12 eggs, and then two eggs, and then, like, I, I don't think we got less than two eggs. And then when I started feeding them back the normal routine, keeping feed available 24-7, um, they started coming back to, you know, okay, then I got a t a 12, and then for a couple of days I got 12, and then I got up to 18, and then I got up to 20, a couple of dozen a day, and then I got back. So now after about, let's say, two weeks, Let's say it's been two weeks since I reestablished feeding them the way I have always done. I'm now back up to actually getting a dozen more than I did before I withheld the feed. So I thought this would be a fantastic show to talk about egg production, nutrition, the importance of nutrition, um, and, and what happens and where did all those yolks go that were lined up ready to be laid um, and made into eggs. Where did they go? Because they were there. I know they were there because I saw the necropsy last year at Cooptastic. So I figured I had a week of eggs at least before I started the effects. We're going to go to commercial break. Get that pen and paper out. This is going to be a fantastic show with Dr. McRae. Egg production and the importance of nutrition. We'll be back to continue right after this short break. When you need an incubator, think Brincy, the incubation specialists. Brincy has been a world-leading manufacturer of quality incubators for almost 40 years. They manufacture incubators that hold anywhere from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity controls and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and receive 10% off your entire order. Order your new incubator today at Brincy.com. That's B-R-I-N-S-E-A.com. Chickens across the country are flocking to grubbits. These natural, oven-dried, black soldier fly larvae are sustainably raised right here in the USA. Grubbits account for 10 to 15% of a normal diet and are available at almost half the price of some competing brands. More calcium, stronger eggshells, healthier feathers, happier hens. Find Grubbits online at grubbits.com, on social media at Grubbits, or on Amazon, G-R-U-B-B-E-T-S. That's Grubbits, the feed chickens need. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. Their business is built on customer service and quality poultry. From rare white and brown egg layers to broilers, ducks, turkeys, and bantams, Ideal Poultry is the largest supplier of backyard poultry in the United States, shipping close to 5 million chicks annually. Visit them online at IdealPoultry.com. That's IdealPoultry.com. And now we return to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer with your host, Andy Schneider. 
All righty. Thank you very much for staying with us today. Hope you have those pins, uh, paper together. And um, it, it, the timing actually uh, worked out pretty good because I think the week before I did this, maybe uh, I probably had sold about 60 dozen eggs to uh, some of my regular customers. So so I knew a couple of weeks that they wouldn't be coming around for another couple of weeks. And, and like I said, now I'm getting what appears to be about a dozen more uh, a day than I was getting before this took place. And I'm getting some eggs that are much larger than I was almost like they, you know, like, like new pullets when they start laying and then they, they, the eggs get out. There's a time when you get like some, wow, they're really getting good now. And I'm getting some big eggs. Uh, I've noticed that too, since they got back to their regular routine. So without further ado, I'm heading over the phone lines. We're going to bring on the extraordinary poultry scientist, Dr. McCray to tell us all about this, all of what's going on. And uh, the good and the bad and the ugly with this, maybe how I got lucky by not throwing them into a big molt and then them not laying at all for however long. And what exactly happened to all those yolks that were lined up ready to be laid? Dr. McCray, thanks for joining us today. Andy? Yes. You're fired. <laughs> hey, you know, we do a lot of stuff here, experimentational, and we do products, and I do probably do some things with my chickens that just to say, I wonder if I do this. What if I do this? This would be a great show for a, a, a topic for a radio show. Maybe we ought to do this. And so um, – you know, I'm just not under all the the uh, the. I'm not maybe under the uh, microscope because I know colleges and universities, y'all. Before y'all do any type of research, I think y'all have to get approved by there's certain agencies that do that. And here I am in my backyard going, I think I'm just gonna. You know what? I'm tired of y'all following me. Y'all are getting on my nerves. No food for three days. <laughs> go 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 search. Go look. Else, you know, because we always see that Dr. McCray is like. Well, um, I, I don't I don't need to buy any of that nutritionally balanced feed. Mine free range, and I still get eggs. So, you know, all that comes to mind through this whole process of me me doing this little experiment. And uh, it's, it, like I said, it, this is great because I'm like, this is going to be a great topic for a radio show. But uh, if I'm fired, I'll uh, – I don't know. What, what what will I end up being? I guess I'll become Caleb. You'll have, you have to whisper something else. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll be the, the – uh, um, Airplane mechanic whisperer. Caleb's going to need a mechanic when he starts flying more. That's what I'll do. Yeah. I'll just go. I'll go to the tech school and learn how to become an airline aviation mechanic. That's what I'll probably do. But so I'm fired. But you know, I, I remember I'm calling you. Uh, the, I think the day I got two eggs, and I'm like, okay, explain to me <laughs> what happened to all those yolks. I was expecting. Yeah, I was going to get some throwback from these hands. I was going to get. They were going to get revenge on me. But I figured I had about a week before I was going to see any any change in in um, the number of eggs because they were all lined up ready to come out and um, you know in that necropsy that we saw and then all of a sudden we're down to a dozen and then we're down to two pretty almost like two days after the uh, the three day famine so uh, I, you know wherever you want to start with the with the importance of nutrition or if you want to kind of piece piece by piece my little story and kind of what happened along the way and why now I might be getting more and what what one more day without food maybe would have thrown them into a molt your your scientific mind you can start wherever you want to just yeah, I just kind of think it'd be neat to kind of let us know in align with how important nutrition is what kind of happened what happened along the way with my story <laughs> so there is absolutely no guarantee that an ova while it is in the ovary growing larger and larger and larger, 
that doesn't mean it's going to get ovulated and head into the oviduct and be formed into an egg. Gotcha. Chickens are prey animals. They're animals that go through feasts and famines. And a chicken, if it is really stressed out, like Andy, you would be fired seriously if you worked for commercial industry. That that would not happen in commercial industry. Um, you would be so fired. Um, you know, because I mean, ethically, what you did, they don't do anymore. Mm-hmm. And so. In favor of life, the chicken will forfeit egg laying. So all those chickens in those commercial houses, mm-hmm. they lay eggs. They're not uncomfortable. Your chickens were uncomfortable. <laughs> Way to go. Okay, so enough scolding you on that. <laughs> Hey, now, now Sorry. you mentioned something maybe we can cover because a lot of people are listening going, wait a minute, you said something about the, the, the commercial uh, hatcheries, well, not hatcheries, but the, the laying farms, egg farms. They don't do that anymore. Now, the first thing that popped into my mind from all these years of listening to all the experts is that in, that, in the laying industry, and maybe they don't do it anymore. Uh, like you said, but they would do maybe nope. withhold feed. They, they don't withhold, withhold feed to force a molt. Is that is is my yes, assumption that's correct? Exactly there, exactly what you did. Okay. You started a force molt in your okay. flock. Got it. And so, when it's time to refresh a flock or get them, you know, maybe back on a different schedule or. Mm-hmm. Maybe the quality of what they're putting out is so poor that it's time to refle- refresh them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, commercial industry folks will molt their flock, and they want uniformity, so they molt them all together. And that means when it comes to molting, they used to just turn off the feed lines or run the feed lines till they were empty. Okay. Kept water in front of them. Yep. But uh, they turned the lights off. They keep the air on and come back in a week. That was my next question. Did they, they also turn the lights They died. They died. Did they turn the lights off? That was my next question, is if that's what they did as well. So, got it. And then they, for, they forced but that's those bulls. But that's not cool. That is not, a, that's not okay. And folks in industry, you know, they were doing what they thought worked. Mm-hmm. And then another way came along. Somebody had an alternative way of doing things. They tested it, and they're like, this works. This works really well. So what they do instead, mm-hmm. it would be interesting if any company ever did this for backyard flock owners who knew it was mm-hmm. time to refresh a flock, mm-hmm. is they start feeding a low nutrition diet Um, because, you know, these chickens, you know, they were trying to eat anything. They would eat feathers off of each other because if you turn the feed lines off, they're still Mm going to try to eat. Mm -hmm. That's that's a biological need is to explore and consume. And so they'd eat feathers off each other. Sometimes they'd eat each other. Um, But, if you keep food in front of them, although it's not the same diet that they normally get, mm-hmm. you give them a, a 
a less nutrient dense diet, mm-hmm. then they're still able to eat, still able to perform their normal behaviors. But psychologically, they're going, yeah. So psychologically, yeah, they're eating. Yeah. They have the process and the, the mm-hmm. physical aspects of pecking and eating, and they feel like the you know I'm eating. They're just not, I guess, as layman terms, not getting the nutrition they need to can to lay. Um, what's the word eggs. I'm looking for? Right. You lay eggs, right, or to lay right. So when, what when, happens um, is is wait, the wait, chickens what? will go ahead. I'll forget this. At what age in that in the commercial industry, when they used to do this, this force molten with whole food and light, um, about what age do you think um, they did the first force molt? Or was it just when, hey, numbers are starting had, to get re- – Well, you had to look at your data. Mm-hmm. You had to look at the price of eggs at that time of year. You had to look at the size and quantity of eggs you were doing – and you know, you know, was it, you know, what was the price of chicken? You know, those those are all factors. Data would tell you, but gotcha. Okay. Yeah, it's it's going to be after a year of straight laying. Okay. Um, and that's not a, not a year after they are hatched because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know it's after they've been laying for a year. Got it. Um, so your chickens. In commercial industry, if they're eating a diet that's less nutrient-dense, always having water in front of them, and are on a stepped-down lighting system, so they're mm-hmm. on short days, not long days, mm-hmm. essentially what you tested on your property, two things. Okay. The ability of your property to provide sufficient nutrients for your chickens to lay at the level that they were laying on a nutritionally balanced diet Mm -hmm. and also the ability of your chickens to find said nutrition. Right, right. You know, you might, you know, you might have the right kind of land, but it's in a part of the property that they can't get to, to, to meet their needs. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you may think that you're, your chickens have access to all the wonderful things to lay eggs. Uh, no, not, not, no, not you've, so much. Yeah. You've just stressed their bodies, and their bodies said, "Oh yeah, we were going to devote all this energy to making eggs, and now we just need to live. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we're not going to make eggs. We're going to actually cause the ova in the ovary to regress." Start taking some of that energy and putting it into um, the bird's um, other systems in order for her to stay alive. So yeah, that was kind of a that was kind of a cruel thing you did to them. Now that is that how, I was I was fed up. I'm like enough. I mean, oh my god, you've been out of food for 20 minutes. Leave me alone. Um, the now what. In that situation, do their does their bodies start to crave more? Because um, you had mentioned about the yolks and, and then maybe reabsorbing those, or but but because yeah. you mentioned the word, I think Started fat. So at that point, so at that point, are they looking for fat? They're or, craving I mean, I guess, anything. Anything, okay. Because you're I was thinking fat them. or protein. Fat or protein at that point. Yeah, they were, they were probably for. starting to, um, you know. 
of course they were trying to get as much as they could um but you know the they had to stop egg laying because they weren't getting any more calcium from the diet so no shells mm-hmm. could mm-hmm. be made they were probably very brittle boned at that point a lot of people don't realize that if they don't feed a balanced diet and their chickens are still laying eggs that um they're causing osteoporosis in their chickens yep I talked about that all care? the time about I mean, about yeah. about these, the treats. It's like every obviously don't know that osteoporosis is an option in their chickens, but they're causing it, and they're shortening their chickens' lives because what if they get a break and you know it mm-hmm. repairs badly and the chicken can't access food and water as efficiently now it's more of a prey mm-hmm. item, so it's it's a really bad cycle if you're not feeding a balanced diet. Um, same thing can happen to feral cats um, mm-hmm. if they're not getting a sufficient diet. Um, dogs that are um, fed just mm-hmm. scraps. They're, they're, all animals need a balanced diet based mm-hmm. upon their species. But what was your question? No, I, okay, let me think what it was. It was, um, okay, hang on a minute. Oh, oh yeah, I was going to mention also that that's what I talk about. Like, uh, <laughs> and people get dark. Pardon me, get tired of me saying this is that you know every ounce of treat you give is an ounce of nutritionally balanced feed they don't get, and we talk about that. I'm like, and so when someone mentions you know my eggshells are so are, are brittle or they're so um they break easy when I'm washing them or cleaning them or whatever, what else can I do other than um oyster shell and feeding their shells back to them and so it's interesting, I may have said this on the last radio show um that we did last week or the week before. Or I may have even said it on a on a Facebook Live, where if you have someone post like, "Hey, my shells seem to be soft or brittle," what can I do? What can I give them? What additional things can I give? And then they they'll in this particular post it was other than oyster shell and feeding their shells back to them, and then every single post below that was give 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 add 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 add, and then here comes the chicken whisperer saying why don't we take something away instead? Instead of trying to add, let's take away all these treats and scraps you're giving them so they will eat their nutritionally balanced food, which should have enough calcium that they, then they can use it and they don't have to pull it out of their bones. So everybody was so focused in that post about adding something, and then here I come say, well, let's, let's take away because every ounce of treat and scrap you're giving is that much less nutritionally balanced feed they're going to eat, which has the calcium in there. Well, let's try that first. Um, or why don't we take away instead of add? Um, so what, what um, obviously you're saying early on, you said they weren't seeing the results that they liked when they were doing these force molts. And then that got them back on track and they got the bigger egg. So my, my, it's not my imagination that it didn't surprise you, I guess, that I said, you know, I'm getting some more eggs now than I did before I withheld the feed for three days. And actually, I, I think, again, from observation, I'm not weighing them. I, I'm just putting them in the egg cartons and like, wow, these are bigger. I'm getting bigger eggs and maybe a dozen more now after about two weeks after withholding. Now that they're back up to laying, uh, they, they met the numbers and then now they've increased those numbers by about a dozen a week, and they seem to be bigger eggs. So that didn't seem to surprise you. That's that's that reset that you talked about in the commercial industry, yeah. why they did that. So some okay. of your hens were probably, um, were probably ready to molt or mm-hmm. needed that little push. They, they may have already started their reset, but mm-hmm. when you really forced them 
to do the reset, or they may have been laying irregularly. Okay. Um, you force them to reset, and so they're back on track now. Um, and when you do a molt, you will receive, if your chickens molt naturally, you uh-huh. will receive in their second year larger eggs. So if you've been mm-hmm. getting size medium and size large eggs in their very first year of laying, in year two of their laying, you should start to receive size large and size extra large. Maybe some jumbos. Pretty See, now my brain's jumbo in their first year. Now my brain's but, really churning. Yeah, go for it. With um, with the okay. So let's say maybe next year, or let's say maybe another time in the future, I may want to try this. I could, let's say, if I wanted to, uh, again, and not do it so, like you said, inhumanely, like the the commercial folks figured out, and now they've changed their tune. Um, maybe I instead of again giving them that. 24-hour day, seven days a week, nutritionally balanced feed, safe from from Tucker Milling, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna. They still need that psychological option of eating. They still need to eat. It would just be less tr- nutritional. And at that point, I'm like, okay, I'm going to give them treats and food scraps. And so that way, they still get the notion of eating. They're still eating. It's just we're, we've dropped the the quality of the nutrition. Um, I might, but they're still eating, and these course still have the water. Uh, now my brain's churning because I was thinking, how could I still give them? Because finding pellets that are, I guess, the commercial industry has that ability. Okay, they have that formula. They have the poultry nutritionists. As me as a backyarder, loving to you know do these things edu- to learn and help our listeners learn about all these things. If I just at that point did food scraps because yeah, again, so many people oh, I give all these food scraps and treats and mealworms and all this. You stuff. could give them scratch grains. Scratch. Oh, that's a great one. Not, oh, that's know, great. That's yep. That's a terrible diet for chickens. <laughs> That's right. But so you'd, have that. to, you'd have to restrict them to that. So that means no free-ranging, no gotcha. supplementation with, you know, whatever it is they've right. been going out and getting. But, um, you know, it's a much slower process. But, you know, there's you, you might try scratch grains, but you're also going to run into the risk of obesity. Mm-hmm. Um but you it would know, just and be for like a few, a few. I mean, how long? It would still be just a few days, like five, seven to eight seven days. days seven, okay, seven to eight days. Got it. And then you okay. would take them back. You know, um, you'd start to, you know, for another one to two days after your your eight days, you'd put them. You know, half scratch grains, half balanced diet. And then after those, that, you know, half and half period, you'd go, you know, you'd go back to their regular ration mm-hmm. and see if that didn't reset most of your flock. Interesting. Yeah. And I know that there's folks who are like, but isn't scratch grains more natural? The answer is no. Uh-huh. Um, because, you know, some of those ingredients chickens never naturally had right. access to. Right. Um, so, you know, that's that's part of the issue. Um, they, you know, the the chicken needs, if you want, eggs um, from a healthy hen, one that's not sacrificing herself to give you an egg. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to feed them a balanced ration. 
Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to get eggs with some irregularity, um, either a smaller egg and then no eggs, or you might get a hen that um, maybe she's too thin. Mm-hmm. You know, laying hands on your hens every so often will help make sure that she's at a healthy weight or, you know, how brittle are her bones. We don't mm-hmm. really want you to check that by, like, trying to snap them or anything, but, you know... <laughs> You know, that's, you know, a veterinarian can tell you with like a, a bone density machine, mm-hmm. um, you know, is osteoporosis a problem? But, you know, I know a lot of small flock owners don't want to give their chickens veterinary care like they do their other pets, like dogs mm-hmm. and cats. Right, right. Um, they're second-class citizens, per se. And for some small flock owners, they're first-class citizens. But I I would say the vast majority of small flock owners um, don't want to treat (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, or or incur that bill. But that's, um, you know, there's, you know, as a, a hen gets older, her digestive system, her reproductive system changes. So you're not going to get quick fixes. Um, so the diet that you feed them when they're one year old probably should be different than when they are, oh, three or four years old. But mm-hmm. you know, we don't have really that option as yeah, backyarders. Companies don't see backyarders using mm-hmm. those diets, so they don't make them anymore. Right. Um, so it's. You know, as a hen ages, she's going to lay larger and larger eggs. That means that there's larger and larger yolks coming out of her ova, and she's putting pretty much the same amount of albumin around it and shell around it, so the shells will become thinner. Mm-hmm. And you just have to understand that's genetics, hard at work for mm-hmm. you. You're not going to mm-hmm. change that with diet. And then as the hen ages, she absorbs calcium from her gut less. So mm-hmm. even if you feed more calcium in the diet, if you give them oyster shell, if you give them, um, you know, grubettes or whatever, mm-hmm. that that means they're getting more calcium, but they're not able to absorb it. Gotcha. So it's, it's a balancing act. That's why we call it poultry science. <laughs> so if I took one breed, and we'll just use this because it is a commercial layer, the Bovins Brown, or if I did an Isa Brown, or um, even a, a White Leghorn, and, and I used kind of a, a commercial strain like these are here, the, the Hubbard uh, or the um, uh, uh, Hendrix. And, I, and let's say I wanted, I got a hundred of them, and, I, and this leading up to my question, and I wanted to do this say once a year. So once a year, or, or maybe when I saw some downward slope of either numbers or egg quality, and I said, okay, Jen, for seven days, we're just going to do scratch. We're going to try to reset this system. Um, whether I did it once a year, like clockwork, or when I actually saw some decline in quality or, or quantity. Would doing that um, 
lessen the length that, would... that, that my, these hens are going to lay? So, or would that, would that make them, in the long run, healthier or unhealthier? And would I see eggs from them longer or shorter by doing this method? It wouldn't affect how many years of lay you got out of your hens because they're going to okay. milk on their own anyhow. Okay. Um, but, and that's not a guarantee that every hen will reset mm-hmm. by doing that. Um, you know, because some hens are just, you know, they're at a different stage and they don't. And yeah, that's, but you you'll probably do a pretty good job. And I didn't lose any, but that doesn't say, that doesn't by any chance mean that if I tried it again, but getting, giving again, the scratch, um, that I wouldn't lose some due to, I don't know, would you call it shock or the, just the reset or the, uh, uh, yeah, the, they, or they might, they might have a subclinical, you know, not showing you that they've got some other problems, some, another issue um, underlying, gotcha. Does, okay. Yeah. Underlying or disease. Um, you would definitely want to take good care of your flock because, sure. You know, some any any other stressor like temperature or, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. you know, disease could really you know, w- when their right. gut is empty, when when a chicken's gut is empty, then if there is salmonella there, it kind of mm-hmm. goes woohoo, and <laughs> you know, yeah. So, you know, if there's salmonella there, then you know that's that's you know a problem. So we don't want yeah. salmonella in our eggs. We don't want salmonella in our chickens. But having an empty gut really makes salmonella happy. I wanted to stress that to you, talking about that, the different things that come to mind that um, with the osteoporosis and the hens and the uh, too many, you know, every ounce of treat is an ounce of nutritionally balanced they're not eating. So we've got that one issue with osteoporosis. And then I know Dr. Potesky did an article about um, uh, fatty liver disease and how giving too much treats. This also has to do with nutrition, too many treats, and then you, and they're a scratch. And then you have the obese hen, which then can cause all kind, well, not just fatty liver, but they can have laying issues, more egg bound, egg binding, things like that because they're obese. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's, I try to, uh, again, I like to have these classes about the importance to show folks the importance of nutrition and and I, and, and when <laughs> I, when people say what do you do to or what what treats do you give your chickens to spoil them and I'm like laying pellets because I figure I mean if you if I think I, and I try to convey this sometimes I'm like if you really think about it laying pe- pellets are more expensive than scratch and more more expensive than well, I don't know by ounce but treats or whatever so you know I I feel like I truly am spoiling my chickens by giving them the nutritionally balanced feed. I feel like then I'm not spoiling them when I give them all this other, what other people call treats. You're not I'm spoiling dilute, your I'm dil- pocketbook. I'm diluting that. Right. There you go. Exactly. Um, so uh, it's, I try to convey that. I'm like, you know, I feel like I'm truly spoiling these birds. I mean, look at the coop they have and all the, the, the space they have, and then they free range, and then they've got this awesome Tucker Millen and nutritionally balanced feed. And, and I said, yeah, they're being, I don't, you know, and then I start throwing other treats at them and then I'm maybe not treating them because I've got other issues like the osteoporosis that may come into play, the fatty liver disease and different things, uh, different things like that. Um, and I still see folks, Dr. McRae, that talk about, because uh, I, you know, I learned this really early on a long time ago. You've been coming on the show for over a decade and, um, and uh, about, going out 
with say a scoop of feed at the end of every day and just kind of dropping it there. And you see this frenzy of all these birds flying over to eat that and they're eating it as fast as they can and as much as they can. Cause that's the only food I'm going to get for the next 24 hours. And it took me a long time talking, you know, t- talking to all of you experts, like, you know, they will probably eat more doing that than if you just had it readily available for them, free choice, come and peck here and there and get a few pieces and, and that type of thing. But I still see folks that for some, for whatever reason, they'll take a scoop out in the morning or, or, or end at night or just once a day. And they're like, they'll measure out, okay, a quarter cup of feed per hen. I've got, you know, 10 hens. This is how much they are supposed to eat. And just once a day, give it to them. Um, I, I'm guessing the census choice for most backyard flocks? Yeah, it's it's creating what's called a food insecurity. Mm-hmm. And so they will, yeah, they'll panic like that and, and <laughs> compete and somebody's going to yeah. lose out. And, uh-huh. and yeah, it's, yeah, that's. Yep. Okay. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not exaggerating. They're, they're feeders, and people have had kept, kept chickens a long time. I don't think this is an exaggeration. I mean, if their feeders are out for 20 minutes before I get out there, there's that last little pellet. It's gone, and within that 20 minutes, then it's like panic mode. <laughs> I said, "Y'all only been out of feed for 20 <laughs> minutes. What? 20 minutes, guys? 20 minutes?" And they're like, "Feed me!" Or, "Hey, we're out of food." Um, I'm not a cat person. I've never had an indoor cat. I, I've, I think I've heard of rumors of cats being like that. Uh, my dish isn't full. It would still be food in the dish for the cat, but it's like it's not full. So they're like, meow, meow. I need, you know, my, my food. You have cats, so you may relate to this. That's that's from all the posts I've seen over the years. Not have, we have outdoor cats now. It's like uh, my, my food my food dish is empty, mom. My food dish is empty. <laughs> Are cats like that? With their food, once it's empty um, or once it's not quite yeah. full. Yeah. Well, around my house, it's got to be actually empty. So yeah. <laughs> but what's it's, empty? It's then? more oh, of an panic. expectation. Yeah, it's more of an expectation. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Geez. Well, let's. Um, but you I'm know, gonna those, go to... those hens that you've got, um, because they're laying larger and larger eggs. Next time you molt them, you know mm-hmm. you're gonna go to Tucker Milling next week. I am. Talk to them about maybe custom creating for you a molting diet, and you can kind of test it for them or help him, or have him um, help you calculate out how much scratch and how much balanced diet to create, you know, just the perfect blend maybe so that mix you're not it. doing okay. too much of, yeah, and he can help you. He's wonderful that way. He really is. Take advantage that, of that. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Instead of just 100% scratch for seven or eight days, um, having a few pellets or what mixture I would need. to. Again, I'm assuming I'd be dropping that protein and fat. Well, I guess scratch would increase the fat. I'll talk to him about it next week. I'll definitely talk about that. It would increase and what, energy. And then decrease protein and um, yeah. what would need to do that. And then um, – that's interesting because, yeah, he, I talked to um, Curran about that. That's pretty neat. I'm going to go to commercial break, and I've got some more questions about, you know, the um, uh, what what consists of a nutritionally uh, balanced eat. We go into the store and have a about look at the labels mean. There's uh, all about this. I want to say that Zach Williams – 
um, up at Michigan State did one of these where, you know, hey, look, read the, this is what the label means or um, uh, what what's what makes a bag of feed. Twelve ninety nine. What makes a fifty pound bag of feed seventeen ninety nine, and and uh, what how to identify that on the label? So we we've done those before, but on our return we'll talk a little bit about uh, the um, what what really consists or makes this a complete feed or nutritionally balanced feed. So stay with us. Hope you're taking lots of notes. We'll be back right after this short break from our sponsors. Hey, it's the Chicken Whisperer. If you're in the market for a new incubator, then look no further than GQF. They have a great selection of tabletop and cabinet-style incubators at prices you can afford. I love my GQF Genesis Model 1588. It has a large picture window and an automatic thermostat, which makes for a better hatch every time. Go pick out your new incubator at GQFRadio.com. That's GQFRadio.com. Metzer Farms is now hatching and shipping the premier egg layer. This girl is consistently laying jumbo eggs with a higher nutrient density and lower water content than your eggs now. She is an extremely hardy bird and the most heat and cold tolerant egg layer available, allowing for year-round outdoor production. An eggshell unmatched in sturdiness and thickness, making cracks a thing of the past. Increase your health and double your egg profits. Of course, we're talking about ducks. Duck eggs are revered by chefs for their succulent flavor and by bakers for being the better baking egg. Learn more about this extraordinary duck, the Golden 300, or any of our other 35-plus breeds of ducks and geese at MetzerFarms.com and order your next flock from us. Since 1921, Stromberg's has been a family-owned and operated business providing quality poultry and poultry supplies to their customers. Today, the Stromberg's family offers over 200 different breeds of poultry, including chickens, waterfowl, and game birds. They also offer poultry supplies for both the beginner and experienced poultry keeper. Stromberg should be on the top of your list when it's time to order your new day-old baby chicks and poultry supplies. Order online today at strombergschickens.com. That's strombergschickens.com. And now we return to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer with your host, Andy Schneider. Okay, I'm looking at something really, really quick here. Chick Fresh. Back on Amazon. Chick Sugar control spray. So I wanted to um, see. Also, this week Facebook page, and someone had mentioned about um, they wish they could order some concentrate, so they wouldn't have to get a bottle every time they ordered this. And, and Chick Fresh odor control spray has a lot of fans now, tons, tons. The reviews on Amazon speak for themselves. You don't have to take my word for it. Go look at some of the reviews from real chicken keepers. Um, and uh, they have the single bottle that you can buy for $12.98. They have two bottles you can buy uh, for $21.50. So you get a little price break if you buy two bottles, but the best deal. And uh, if you use this regularly, like so many of you do, there's no reason why you shouldn't buy the four ounce bottle um, of the concentrate. Because instead of, again, like I just showed you on Amazon, the tw uh, $12.98 for a bottle, um, 
you can buy the concentrate, which makes five bottles for $23. So that ends up being like less than $5 bottle, or you can buy individually for $12 a bottle. So it only means to buy the four-ounce concentrate, and then you just mix it in with the bottle you already have, uh, and it'll come with an empty bottle if, if you want them to. Uh, and it's twenty three twenty three ninety five, so less than five dollars a bottle versus thirteen dollars a bottle for the same good stuff. And so those of you, let me tell you right now, I don't want to see any posts if you're listening to the show, uh, whether you're listening live or you listen to the archive uh, over the next you know three, four, six months. I don't want to hear or see you typing or complaining about the odor of your brooders this spring. Because you know you're going to get baby chicks, whether you pick them up at the local feed store, the big box store, the ag store, or order them directly from the hatcheries. You're going to have your brooder sitting somewhere probably in your house. You will complain about the dust. You will complain about the odor. And I'll see you comment about that in the chicken forums. Oh, my brooder is so stinking. How soon can they go outside? And I'll be like, uh, do you not listen to the show? You think I'm lying to you? Do you think all these things? people that on Amazon about the Chick Fresh odor control spray are lying to you, spend less than four to $5 a bottle and get the Chick Fresh odor control spray if you're going to have chicks this year in a brooder that's going to be stinky and dusty because the fact of using this daily will reduce the dust and it will just go look at the reviews and you will not be complaining about a stinky brooder. And if you are and you listen to the show, I'm going to call you out on it. <laughs> There's just no reason to do that. So um, go check them out, Amazon Chick Fresh Odor Control Spray. they got another product coming out as well. And uh, I've got to uh, – I'm trying to get Barry on to talk about that product, and then we're going to start using it here. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll post that in our Facebook Live videos. So let's get back over here to Dr. McRae, and we'll talk about, you know, the you walk into the store and you have whatever, whatever you know, brands you use. Um, you know, you buy that bag of feed. I would say that because I've seen this on the forums and, and whatnot where, oh, there's a tag on the bottom. I didn't know there was a tag on the bottom. And they don't even look at the tag to see really what that bag contains. But uh, without getting into specifics and percentages and things like that, what, you know, what, what makes that bag I just put in the back of the trunk to bring home to my – and some, some people may be buying by price. Uh, are by they may have, may have brand loyalty at this point. We'll throw all that out the door. Not not concerned about that. Um, what what makes that 50 pound uh, a good feed for my uh, chickens? I guess number one is to probably developed by a poultry nutritionist um, who um, who knows all those ins and outs. But for us, just walking into the store, what bag is going to be so good for our chickens, Doctor McRae? Well, it's the quality of the ingredients. Um, as with anything in life, you can get um, cheap versions of just about anything and you get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. So if you're buying, like, say, sunglasses, um, there are some sunglasses that, you know, when you pay a lot of money for them, you would hope, <laughs> depending on the brand, that, you know, you're going to get, as long as you don't abuse it, um, lots of years of use out of it, um, plenty of wear and tear based upon how you're using it. Versus if you go to Dollar General or Dollar Tree and you get sunglasses there, I don't think a lot of people would be too surprised if it breaks after, you know, a month of wearing. (laughs) Right. um, Because it's just not built the same way. 
Mm-hmm. And I say sunglasses because I do hope for sun one of these days. Winter will end. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, you know, the same with ingredients. There's different quality of ingredients and price um, plays into that. So sometimes when you're creating a least cost diet formulation, you want um, ingredients that are the same quality as what you're used to, but maybe at a better price. So sometimes things like bakery waste or, um, um, you know, burned, um, burned, um, like say, uh, feed for animal other animal species can be um reanalyzed and sold as like a, a secondary product and it ends up in another animal species food um so if you've got a lower price tag on a bag of feed you kind of got to go all right they didn't want to pay as much for the ingredients whether that's this that or the other ingredient um why was that ingredient or the sum of all those ingredients so much less than the bag that's sitting next to it? Um, all right, it's a quality issue. It's just a quality issue. Mhm. Okay. Yep, all of that totally uh, makes sense to me. Um, and for, and one, one of my most things that I get totally really frustrated with is, and this, this number's huge. I have a feeling that if we, if there was some way to do a huge poll, um, that golly, I don't know if it'd be 50%, it, but I would be, that, that the number amazes me of how many people, um, will post that they mix scratch and their pellets with their feet. Oh, I mix half and half or third and half or what I mix scratch, scratch and pellets. And the number to me is astounding of how many folks do that. And, and, uh, they obviously hadn't seen <laughs> that video I did three years ago, two years, two, two to three years ago where I sprinkled the pellets, uh, on the ground about basketball size, uh, in a circle. And then the, the chick called the chicks over and they, they started eating them, the, the hens, and then uh, I slowly just kind of coated all of that with scratch and stepped away and videoed. And it was like time lapse, but it wasn't. From one side to the other, all that scratch just disappeared, live video, and then the hens walk away. So, um, and we know. And what was left it, behind? <laughs> all the nutritionally balanced pellets, exactly. And, so and he, you remember. I do it again. I do it uh-huh. again. Sure. But instead of pouring scratch on there, pour more pellets. Gotcha. <laughs> and, so, and you remember it's the stimulation. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, and it, so yeah, you gotta you gotta try all the variations. And then you um, did. You know, we were, you might. No, go ahead. You might try feeding your chicken some some alfalfa pellets. I've got some. Um. If you, you know, chicken, not horse or, you know, not horse pellets, okay? Mm-hmm. Not right. the huge blocks. Right, right. But, yeah, I got um, the little... If you yeah. really wanted to, to throw them into a mold instead of um, scratch, you could try feeding alfalfa pellets, making sure the pellets are the right size because yep. yeah. pellets, um, you know, alfalfa is a legume. And so chickens can actually digest and use legumes, but it doesn't mm-hmm. it's not balanced again. Gotcha, so you gotcha. might try using a week of alfalfa pellets and see if that doesn't do the trick. 
instead of scratch screens. When you were Making going down the sure list, it's the right size. Okay, when you were going down that list of you know the quality of ingredients that are going in, it reminded me of that article called um, "The Risk of Too Much Protein" that Dr. Zach did uh, Williams up mm-hmm. at Michigan State it, about you know not all proteins are created equal, and and what type of protein apparently can be utilized in poultry or in, in chickens, and so not all are. And w- then we got in talking about cat foods and things like that, but um, that. When you look at the protein in these different types, they may have a certain percentage of protein, but not all proteins are created equal or can be absorbed or even utilized by poultry. So that was that was pretty interesting. That reminded me of that that post as well. Well, I'm looking down here through my glasses at the clock on the computer, and it looks like we're about out of time. Is there um, anything based on either my story or talking about egg production and the importance of nutrition with egg production. Um, Again, the thing that keeps resonating in my head is that, well, I feed scratch and I still get eggs or, you know, well, I do this and I'm, you know, that, that type of thing. It's the importance of nutrition and egg production. And when you got the folks that say, well, I just free range. I don't feed any of that stuff. And, you know, I I still get eggs, but uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I, I still got some eggs too. And then, and then uh, I just didn't get as many, and, and then they were smaller, and then they just ended up disappearing. But um, And now, you know, I, I guess you might still get a few eggs, but you're not going to get an, a healthier hen, um, and you're not going to get quality of egg, whether it be the quality of what's inside the egg or the shell, um, and the number of eggs, I guess, which and, – and, and even if the egg is the side effect – the fact that you talked about in this show too is the health of the hen itself. So I think there's an absolute direct, direct correlation between egg production and nutrition and the egg production is going only going to happen. If you have that healthy hen, which leads back to full circle to the nutrition that you're giving them. So it was great. She's always stressed out physiologically. Are you really doing right by her. Mhm. Yep, makes sense. And I'm fired. She may so look happy, my... but her her body oh, right. may be going, I can't handle this. Mhm. And that could shorten her lifespan. But right. a really happy healthy hen is one that's being fed and cared for well. Mhm. Perfect. That's what we're striving for. Um and that's why we try to pick our articles to describe how we can do that over at Chicken Whisper Magazine and chickenwhispermagazine.com. And where I'm really looking forward to the print issue of your article, Dr. McRae, about the Alabama Golden Egg Contest, because I think that's going to be a fantastic article. That'll probably be one of the most popular for the uh, spring issue. I can't <laughs> wait. To, I can't wait till it comes out. So that's going to be that's going to be so awesome. you're going to love it. It is. I'm so excited for that to come out. So. Thank you so much for joining us. I wish I could zoom down and see you when I'm over there next week with Tucker Milling, but that's just I'm going to wake up early, get over there, have our meetings all day, and zip back over here. Uh, no overnight stay this time or anything like that. So, but um, but uh, Caleb just walked up, and um, as soon as he he can solo, then we'll we may fly down to Auburn and see Dr. McRae, right? Oh, good. Does that Very sound good. like a plan? <laughs> hey, thanks, Doc, for coming on the show <laughs> and explaining all the bad stuff that I did and all the stuff that I was seeing and why I was seeing it in this little experiment. And uh, we'll see you back in the ne- next couple of weeks. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
All righty. Last but not least, I want to tell you guys about a product that we keep on hand here uh, and we have for years and years and years. In fact, the very first time I met Patrick Haley with Carefree Enzymes was probably about 11 years ago, and we've had one or more of his products uh, on our homesteads all the time over the years, and that is Poultry Protector. I know a lot of people like to, if they have an issue, they like to go the natural route first. Okay, it just it's it it is what it is when it comes to the backyard poultry world. I totally get it. Some of these natural things are going to work. Some of them are not going to work. But at the end of the day, people may say, "Well, I'm going to try something that's more all natural first, and then I will get to maybe if you want to call it the good stuff, or the people will say the chemical stuff, or the RX stuff, or whatever." So. One product that they have that is the poultry protector, and it uses all natural. It uses all natural enzymes to help deal with external uh, parasites, mites, and lice specifically. Um, and basically, I'll read the directions here to get started. Remove bedding material. Spray entire habitat, top sides, and surrounding grounds with a fine mist. Replace bedding with new material before introducing birds. Repeat this process periodically to maintain appropriate cleanliness. And for the birds, poultry protector can be sprayed directly onto your birds as often as desired. Keep spray away from the eyes to avoid irritation. Do not use on birds less than 10 days of age. Extremely old or debilitated uh, birds. For best results, ensure that poultry protector thoroughly coats the bird, uh, the skin, by manually displacing the feathers or inverting the birds completely during application. Spray the chest, behind the head, under the wings, and around the vent. And this is for the all-natural uh, treatment of the external parasites. So this is something that you might uh, want to keep on hand. They have a, a, a slew of other products. You can find them at carefreeenzymes.com, including where to purchase this. Um, I know a lot of the big box stores do carry this, and I've seen it in an awful lot of small mom and pop feed and seed stores traveling the country here at the far. So uh, Poultry Protector Carefree Enzymes, and uh, I think we have tons of their product here, including some um, healthy pen, all kinds of things that they've got. So I wanted to share that with you before we leave. I hope you enjoyed the radio show today, and uh, I thought this would be a fantastic show. Once we did the shenanigans we did here, I said, this is going to be a great show. Dr. McRae is going to tell us all about it, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and she did. And I hope we all learned from it and, uh, and the effects of our birds and the importance of proper nutrition with egg production and the health of our birds. So I think that's going to wrap it up. If I can find the right button here to push. Uh, hey, guys, tune in next Thursday. I've got poultry veterinarian Dr. Pateski will be with us at 2 p.m. next Thursday. This has been Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Tucker Milling with your host, Andy Schneider. For more information, find us on the web at chickenwhisperer.com. On Facebook, by typing in The Chicken Whisperer. On Twitter, at Backyard Poultry. And on Instagram, at The Real Chicken Whisperer. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.